Om Namo Narayanaya, Jai Swami Narayan, welcome back. Today I thought we would talk about a book I recently read that I wanted to share with all of you, and that is Kalki by Gore Vidal. I don't think if you're under, I don't know, 50, maybe 60, you really read much Gore Vidal. This is who my parents read, and they're in their 70s. I know him basically because of his debate with William F. Buckley in the 1960s. Those of us who have studied politics or love politics, we know that debate. And I see it referenced all the time, and people always say that was back when debating was good. Today, not so much. And reading his books, I just don't think we do. Or we know about them, but we don't read them. Recently, I had a gift certificate to a bookstore, and I saw this book, Gord Vidal's Point-to-Point Navigation, his final autobiography, one of many, and I picked it up and didn't get very far in it, actually, just like page 30 before I realized I really wanted to read something by him. His book, Messiah, really loved when I read it 10 years ago. So I thought we'd just look at some of his stuff today, because I just finished reading two of his books. Before we do, I have to do two things. One is adjust the audio, which is coming through my ears and very annoying, so I don't need any monitor. Alright, that helps. Hopefully you can still hear me, and according to this you can. The other thing I've got to say is you probably notice a difference with the screen. That's because I have a new camera. And hopefully this will solve some of the problems I have. Now, you can see that it's really clear. It's really crystal clear, but it's also tight and I didn't realize it was going to be this tight, and I don't know if I can adjust that, because this is even a little tight for me, but if I go back any farther, I can't reach my keyboard, and I have my uh, wireless keyboard detached right now in order to hook up all the stuff I have, but we're going to make it work, but hopefully this is going to really improve things. For those of you who have struggled through some of my wonky videos, this camera... I didn't think it was going to arrive today, so I actually wasn't going to do this show for a few days, and then it came It came yesterday, and I was like, oh, let's just dive in and see if it works, and if it doesn't, I'll return it. <laughs> like the three microphones I've gone through. These are my favorite. Um, I, I love the freedom they give me. Speaking of that, this camera is also a way of saying thank you to all my viewers. When I started this show in December. Here it is, August. I had no idea if anyone would care. I didn't know if anyone would watch this. My plan was to do like 10 episodes, and if they didn't get like 20 views apiece, well, no. Let me rephrase this. If that's all they were getting, I was just going to delete them and pretend they never happened. <laughs> and that was it. It just isn't worth it. I've wanted to do a political show all my life, a talk show all my life. I grew up watching, like, Chris Matthews and Tucker Carlson and you name it, and I would sit there at night just going, oh, I love these people. And and I didn't want to do a political show because there's enough folks out there who do one, and I just can't keep up with the news that fast. And 
I thought about him like, well, I want to talk religion now. I want to go beyond what I can talk in my daily videos with the scripture readings because those are done way in advance. Those might be six months old. They might actually be a year old and you can't really talk about current events. So I thought, well, let's do current events in context of religion. Maybe I can do something there that I would be happy with and viewers would be happy with. Well, here we are. What is this? Episode 56, I guess we're at today. Thank you. I wouldn't have done 56 episodes if you weren't watching and responding and commenting and liking what I'm doing. So this camera is a gift in an indirect way to all of you. It was time to upgrade. Because the question is, do you buy a camera if your channel isn't doing well? Eh, probably not. On the other hand, do you buy one to help the channel do better? Well, yes. But then do you just buy one just because you are doing good? Well, yes. So I, I hesitated for a long time to get this, but now I finally got it, and I hope it does better. And I'm also using the streaming program. And while I've had issues with that, um, I'm hoping the camera may fix some of those issues. Some of it just may be the lousy camera that I was using, which was the computer camera. So we'll see. Anyways, this camera's a thank you. Um... We're going to work on it a little bit and, and make sure it works and functions and all that. But thank you for being with me for 56 episodes. Thank you for supporting this show. Thank you for putting comments down on whatever forum you're on. Like I said, I started this show not knowing if anyone would care, but now I'm broadcasting live on YouTube, on BitChute, on Anchor Podcasts, and on Rumble. And I put a lot of work into this show that you don't even see. You may not even realize if you're not a YouTuber how much work goes into trying to make this successful and to grow the show. I've changed uh, backgrounds many times. Um, this is where I am these days just for variety, though I know it makes it look like I'm wearing a hat. So, but at least you got fresh flowers behind me. <laughs> uh, I've changed the format of the show many times. I've changed the focus of things to try to make it better and better. I've changed microphones. And now the last piece was really the camera because it is growing. And thank you for joining me. And I have lots of things planned for the future that I want to share with you. And if I have a good camera, I feel more confident in doing that. So... Really, thank you for joining me on this journey. Today, let's talk about literature, though. Let's talk about Gore Vidal. So as I said, where did I put the ball? Oh, right here in front of me. <laughs> as I said, I picked up this book, and I was like, wow. And I read Messiah a long time ago about, uh, excuse me, about a guy who basically kind of becomes the president of the world, but he's a fraud. It's a great little book. It's also, I don't know if it's his first book. Uh, I forget now. Um, but it's one of his earliest ones, and I loved it. And when I started this autobiography, I just went to Amazon and grabbed a bunch of stuff, which I'm just going to share with you right now so you know my reading taste. Uh, creation. Why did I... Excuse me. Got to get used to the camera. My camera's in one place and my screen's in another. So if you see me looking at the screen, <laughs> that's what's going on. Creation, because it mentions India. Uh, 1876, because I love politics, and this is a cool era. And also someone in history who I find really fascinating and really like, even though it's totally cliched. Can you see it? Aaron Burr, sir, who is not my namesake, because that would be weird, but I really like him. 
And then the other two books that I got, which I have read, haven't read these yet. Uh, first one is Kauki, doesn't have a cover to it. We're going to talk about Kauki today. And I just finished this one like just a few days ago. Let's get this light here. Come on, live from Gugotha, the gospel according to Gore Vidal, which is Christian themed. Kauki, Hindu themed. Let's talk about this. If you're interested in some interesting literature that you may not be aware of, um, some classic, well, not classic literature, but certainly reflective of eras long gone. Kauki was written in 1978, uh, so the world's changed a little bit. If you are interested in some literature of a famous political, gosh, I don't know, pundit? What do we call him a pundit? He was so many things. Uh, you know, he ran even for um, political positions. He was a Democratic candidate for uh, Congress, and um, he was very active in politics over the years, and, you know, worked in the films and, and all this stuff. But let's talk about Kalgi, and no spoilers, I promise you. I'm going to try to talk about the book without giving away anything, I promise. I really do. So if you watch this show and you read the book, you're not going to know what happens. That's my promise to you. Before we do this, though, let's try a little something here with my program, and let's see if it works. There we go! <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about. So Kauki's a really simple story. On one hand, when you get into it, we know immediately it is the story of a writer who has been put on a journalistic quest, even though she doesn't really see herself as a journalist, to investigate an American guy who's declared himself Kauki. And he's living in Nepal or Tibet or something, and he's just gaining all these followers all over the world, and she has been asked to go and report on him and do a series for a newspaper and get the exclusive and to not just interview him but sort of get into the world and the reason she is chosen is because Kauki who has refused all interviews this mysterious guru has requested her so she comes over to India and eventually comes to the compound of Kauki where he basically lives with sort of like two wives and people serving him and she gets ingrained into this world and looks at him and is writing these articles and meeting these women and getting to see some of the behind-the-scenes world at the same time and this is stated very early like within the first chapter so I'm not giving anything away on this level the reason uh, this newspaper is so interested is because buzz, buzz, buzz in the government world, they think Kauki's a drug dealer. Because how is he getting all this money? So they're trying to get an exclusive of this guy, like on the verge of him being busted. But is he really a drug dealer? So she's sent over there to report for a newspaper and is roped in with like an FBI or CIA agent who also wants her insights. So she's like a spy for both places, uh, bo bo both organizations, but doesn't want to be. And the FBI agent is actually part of Kauki's inner circle, she discovers. Or is he really? We don't really know. And is Kauki running drugs? And, and or 
Is somebody framing him? We don't know. So that's the story. And she gets deeper and deeper into this, and he gives promises. I got cats over here, sorry. <laughs> I think they heard something outside. Uh, but Mama doesn't come home quite yet. <laughs> and anyways, um, she gets deeper and deeper into their world. And they, they know that she's an investigator, not just like a follower, but they're trying to pull her in to be like, look, we know you're reporting on us, but we think you would really love Kalki if you get close to him and open your heart. We want you to be one of us. You can still report on us because we're planning big things and we want we want the reports. Like, Kauke's going to be at Madison Square Garden in this big reveal. He's going to transcend and save the world. But we want you to be a believer, not just a reporter. And so there's this push and pull with her as she goes back and forth from India to America and then... Well, there is drugs involved, but are they connected to Kauki, or is it a frame-up? And that's as far as I want to go in plot detail for this. I don't want to say what happens. I don't want to say how d deep she gets in. I don't want to talk about the, the characters too much on that level. If you would like to read it, um, it's not that big of a story. It was actually, you know, it's only a few hundred pages, um, 230, 240 pages, he has a really interesting style, and this is being written by the woman after the fact she's putting down all these events of meeting Kauki. And so he's writing from this woman's perspective who's going through these changes, and it, it is kind of an interesting... I, I opened it, and I won't say I struggled a little bit with the beginning, but... Gore Vidal has an interesting style of writing, and I can't put my finger on it. He just has this style where you you know it's not just your normal run-of-the-mill writer. Um, who's another writer? I think of Christopher Isherwood. If you know him, he wrote I Am a Camera, um, the Berlin uh, is it trilogy novels that um, Cabaret is based on, and... and I remember reading something, I remember reading I Am a Camera, of which like three pages became, or two pages became Cabaret, and going, wow, this guy has a really interesting style, and I really like it, but I couldn't tell you what it was. I have no idea what his style is, but I just know he, he pulled me in. There was a way of his phrasing that was really, really unique. Great writers, or people who have written for a long time, do tend to develop that, you know, Escoff Fitzgerald has a style. Jack Kerouac, obviously. Um, I read my first Stephen King book this year, and he certainly has a style. I'm not a fan. <laughs> um, Gore Vidal's is, is very interesting. So I, I want to say that to you right now. If you want things that are like Hemingway and simple, sometimes his stuff is, is not complicated and not complex, but Sometimes I found, and, I, and I'm now reading two of his books, once in a while he wasn't always so clear. Kalki is a really interesting book because it asks questions, and this is why I wanted to share it on this program, of what would you do if you met a guru? And how would you respond if you were there to investigate? But you saw things that happened, like you saw devotees, and they talk about devotees in here, giving uh, flowers, paper paper flowers to people on the street. It's a Harry Christian takeoff. 
very obvious Harry Christmas satire or whatever. How would you respond when you meet these people who really believe in Kalki? And then at some point, a healing happens. Is it Kalki? Oh, wait a minute. He, he's a fraud. But no, he's not a fraud. Or he's just a guy. Or is he not really a guy? I don't know. How would you respond? When you're deeper and deeper into this world, and it, it asks some very interesting questions. And it asks questions of gurus and religion and and what if you find out your guru is doing bad things, but he also has done some great things? For example, and this isn't in the book, <clears throat> excuse me. What if your guru robbed a bank, but he also healed the sick? Do you walk away and go, yes, screw you? Or do you go, gosh, well, you know, you did heal the sick, so I guess that counters. What do you do? I walked away from this book with questions like that in my head, going, oh, this is really, really interesting. Gore Vidal, for, for a very politically astute guy, sorry, I don't know if you can hear the, you know, there's a hospital not far from me, and I swear, every time I go to record a live video, we can hear the sirens. Now, when I record the videos for the normal channel, I don't really have that many sirens, and sometimes I do them at night at the same time, so I don't know, whatever, bad luck. <laughs> New camera, but can't do anything about the sirens. Anyways, Gore Vidal doesn't answer these questions. What would you do? How would you approach this person? What do you do if, you know, uh, if he forces you into a situation that you don't want to be in, but you should be in there for the journalist side of you? What do you do? As I was saying, a guy who's very politically astute, I found that Gore doesn't really answer those questions. He leaves them up to the writer. And so for that, I thought this was a very interesting book. Um, I think it's considered one of his satires, and I don't know, it, it was, it was, it was a nice little, not really an action-adventure story, not really a psychological story, but it was a nice little story I enjoyed reading. The ending, though, blew me. I just was like, what? What? And as a writer myself, I... And, and I'm working on my second fiction piece. I wrote something a long, long time ago, and now I'm about to release a sort of a short story that I hopefully will be the first of many fiction books. So I've been really working on fiction writing and focused on fiction writing. And I was thinking as I'm reading this, yeah, that's not the ending I would have done. <laughs> on the other hand, afterwards I went, that is absolutely probably not the ending anyone would have done, and that's why he did it. He, he fooled us all. He blew us all away. So, anyways, yes, it's about Kalki. Shiva gets mentioned, the Vedas get mentioned, and I was actually really impressed by Gorvidal's research, or the folks, his assistant, or whatever, whoever researched this, I feel very secure in saying they did their work. Um, they really did their work. I, I was really impressed. Like, he would reference stuff. I'm like, okay. In, in 1978, pre-Wikipedia world, he, he's done some research. He's really trying to go for accuracy and really respect Hinduism. And I, I was really impressed by that. There was one thing, though, I think he messed up on. The journalist lady says she's reading the Vedas. 
and there's like a timeline and she's like oh yeah in the next two weeks you know when I have a few hours here and there I'm gonna read all the scriptures no that's impossible it is literally impossible to have a few hours here and there and over the next few weeks read 12 volumes Srimad Bhagavatam, the uh, four Vedas, the Puranas, the whatever, the 108 Upanishads. Just to find that stuff is going to take you more. So a little bit of writer's folly for anything else. But I really liked what he did with Hinduism and I liked how he wrote about it. And it's not a Hindu book. So it's not about India. It's about this American and he's a guru. And there's a New Age element. So this might be something you are interested in reading. Maybe, maybe not. I have odd book tastes, so I'm not going to say that my book takes work for you, but if you're looking for something different, check it out. Uh, by a classic writer with an interesting style. I love books that, uh, fiction books that deal with religion, particularly Hinduism. I don't know that many Indian or Gujarati writers, or writers from other states. Um, that's just being American. But I'm always interested in novels that have Hindu themes, and so this came on my radar, and, and of all the Gore Vidal books, it was the first one I chose, and so now I wanted to put it on your radar in case you're interested. That being said, let's turn to the other book, which I just finished a couple days ago, and that is Live from a Golgotha. Go Golgotha. Go Blah. My mouth is shot. <laughs> The Gospel According to Gore Vidal, which is a very small book. It's also in his collection of satires. This one is focused on Jesus. And this one I'm not going to recommend quite so much. Basically, uh, there is a hacker who has hacked into the computer system and is slowly erasing all the Gospels. And time travel has been created. It's done through channeling, New Age channeling, and the TV. And St. Timothy has NBC show up in front of him going, you are the only gospel writer left whose gospel hasn't been hacked, so we need to secure your gospel so we don't lose Jesus. And we don't lose anything. And also, we're going to have you host... We're going to send you back in time, and you're going to host the crucifixion. And Timothy's like, I'm writing a book? Oh, yes, 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 that's in your future. We need you to do that to preserve this. And it's an interesting book because these people go back to him, and there's a lot of manipulating because one person wants him to do this, but others do this, and, and the hacker is getting into the system, so Timothy's like forgetting things. And... So what we have here is a story. It's basically the last days of St. Paul, who's in the book. And uh, we meet him and we meet the other disciples, Peter, known as The Rock, <laughs> like the actor, The Rock, and the world they're in. And Timothy's trying to, knows that this thing's happening, but he keeps a secret while dealing with these events. So he knows there's future events. He knows he has to save Christianity, but... There's events now, and people are saying, well, do this, do this. And so folks are coming back to him, talking to him, including Shirley MacLaine, Mary Baker Eddy, uh, Oral Roberts makes an appearance at the end, 
and Marion Williamson. Yes, current second-time presidential candidate comes up a lot for wanting to be the Messiah, so she wants to have the books rewritten so she's the Messiah. <laughs> and Mary Baker Eddy's in it like, God is only your head. It's in your brain. And so she's trying to change it so it becomes Christian science. It's, it's very witty. What also makes this fun is he treats St. Paul and Timothy in a very contemporary way. So, for example, um, when you're uh, St. Paul and you're talking to people about, well, you know, Jesus is from this long line of folks and they begat, begat, begat. How do you entertain folks like that? Today we read Genesis and we're bored by it. When the book, you see, St. Paul, before he became a saint, was a tap dancer. So he taps while he goes, begat, tap, tap, begat, 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 tap, 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 tap. And also, they set up these churches. There's one funny thing. Mary Baker Eddy appears, and they go, where are you from? And she goes, Boston. And they're like, Boston? Hmm, maybe that's in Spain. So the line, the line is, the Church of Philippi was founded, witnessed by Mary Baker Eddy of Boston, Spain. <laughs> and, and there's these witty things like that. And so they set up these churches, and St. Paul has the Holy Rolodex. We don't have Rolodexes at all. So, obviously, this book is, is a little bit dated. Um, speaking of which, 1992 it was written. And they talk about how they send out letters to these churches with recipes. <laughs> and, and little things like that that we see today. It's very contemporary. There's a lot of contemporary stuff that they've put back. And these people, um, they're talking to... Um, kind of, uh, uh, Pontius Pilate and Nero, Rome burns during the book, and the reason it burned was due to bad construction and a lax in, um, being lax in laws, and the insurance companies were all bought out by Nero, so he was going to profit if the city burned, and um, you know, I, one of the apostles is basically an accountant, and Jesus, you know, he was really good. He got the prime rate down and was really good with the stock market, but, you know, he he spent too much money, and, and, and there's all these little very modern things. So it makes the book very fun on one hand. Blasphemous, if you're a Christian, very likely, because in the book, Jesus is actually... Um, it's not Jesus we see in these photos. It's it's Judas because Judas was thin. Jesus had a weight problem. <laughs> uh, so he's really trying to make fun of stuff, and 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 it's an interesting story about what they do. Didn't enjoy this as, as much because I felt like at one point Gore Vidal kind of got bored or just kind of lost like where he was going, and. I don't know. Or, or I feel like he started the book really strong, but the satire kind of wears thin after a while. And he didn't know what he was saying. It's hard to describe. As a writer, I see this every so often. I see like a change in tone and like, oh, the book's going great. And then it just kind of like fades away. And then it picks up again and fades away. I had this happen with a Stephen King book, the one I read, where I felt like he was going along really good, really good. And then he had no idea what to do, so he just went over here and did something else, and it was like, what, what, huh? Did you get bored with your own book, or did you just get lost? And I felt like a little bit of that was happening here. And I don't get the satire. I don't really know what he's making fun of. I couldn't really figure out, and this is the same thing with Kalki. I, I couldn't really figure out 
What's the point? What are you telling us, Gore Vidal? But it was a cute little book, and I kept finding myself reading it, wanting to write my own sort of little story based on Jesus. Um, not a satire, but uh, yeah, it, it was really interesting. The, the best part of this was, was the present-day stuff happening to these folks. Um, you know, at one point, someone's saying, well, what's your birth control, you know? And um, they're, they're talking about different things, which are just very modern conversations that we would have. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know. It was just, I'm just, just looking through it right, right here. Uh, hmm. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Um, yeah, I just, it was, it was interesting. It was fun. On one hand, it was interesting. The story, after a while, I was like, okay, hurry it up. But if you like religious books, if you like things that are a little different, a little witty, not so modern, less reflective of the age of, I don't know, social media <laughs> or Trump or contemporary ideas, but something going back, this might might suit your fancy. And that's why I wanted to share it. It was a little bit interesting, and it's religious, and thus we can share it on this channel. Also, um, we've we've done recently, I've talked about Sinead O'Connor. I've talked about the movie Sound of uh, Freedom. So I, it was time to turn to some books. <laughs> that being said, I'm going to bring this close... Sorry, I'm going to bring this show to a close here. Hopefully everything technical has worked out. My long side, my books, uh, the presentation, the video. I haven't been monitoring the stream, so I honestly can't tell you if that's working or not. Um, let me just look here. It looks like it's working fine. Though it's really weird, I do have this weird thing happen with the stream. And I'm just mentioning this, maybe some of you can figure out. Like, I look at it right now, and it says, one hour, but I haven't been talking for an hour. And then, when this goes live, if it's like 30 minutes or so, then there'll be the rest, the end. It just keeps going until the hour's up. I don't know how to fix that. I, whatever. I tried getting a new stream, streaming program, but I figured we should get the camera first. The camera won't work direct with YouTube. I have to use the camera through the streaming program. So the streaming program will be next. <laughs> you see, these books, Timothy's pre-technology, that was one of the fun things talking about, reading about this. It was pre-technology. <laughs> uh, anyways, in the next show, maybe I'll tweak this and get it a little better. Um, I've got some big stuff I want to talk about, some big theological ideas. We'll move away from pop culture here for a little bit, and I want to share some stuff on prophecy and talk about theology and our personal connection to religion, which both these books do relate to and do talk about. And um, then we're going to get back to our Spiritual Seekers class, and yeah. So anyways, let me know how the technology works here. If you're interested in these books, feel free to check them out. Or if you have any thoughts on Gore Vidal, like I said, I don't think very many of us read his books who are under the age of 60. I just I just think he's kind of being lost to time, like 
Graham Greene and, and, and Thomas Hardy and other writers, and we don't even watch the movies anymore. So I just wanted to share something a little different, and also, honestly, if something happened with the camera, I could, you know, um, redo this talk, whereas if we get into a big conversation, I wouldn't be able to really start it over so well. So that was also why we're doing a theology light today, Hinduism light, Sanatana Dharma light. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, let's pull back to, no, not that one. Sorry, I got too many things here. I gotta get used to it. This screen, and with this screen, I will say thank you for watching, comments and all that down below. Um, Jai Shri Krishna, Jai Shri Swaminarayan, Jai Shri Kalki, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama, Rama Hare Hare.